0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and now from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Well, the ladies are all on Twitter once again. Our special guest today, Josh DeMall. Yes. But You think he's a hottie, don't you? God, there's no question about it. Tammy, do you know who Josh DeMall is?
2: I do, I do, yes.
1: You think he's a hottie?
2: I'm not salivating quite as much here as Judy, but uh, yeah, yeah, he do. do, he, he likes,
1: do. He we'll likes he likes the him. animals. Here, check We're out not, this. See,
2: he's gotten better looking right there.
1: This picture of him holding a couple of puppies makes him look extra cute, huh? I,
2: I'm still liking the puppies better, I'm sorry. <laughs> <gasps> I'm insulted. <laughs> no, Judy, I'm leaving him for you, I'll just take the puppies. There you go. Okay.
1: You and Dr. Debbie we'll, we'll love split it. Us. Yeah. Also on the show today, Judith Guth, is that it? Yes, it Judy is. Guth. Mm-hmm. She is a landlord. We talked about this last week. She's a landlord in Los Angeles, and she will only rent to you if you have an animal, which is great. <laughs> oh, that's quite, cool. Quite the opposite of what we normally yeah. hear. Uh, so we'll be talking to her in just a couple of minutes. What do you got coming up, Tammy?
2: Well, you know, not every service dog out there is really doing a service. And we're going to have the founder of Pawtopia on here in the next hour because this is actually gone to the California Senate. They've got a committee hearing testimony from people who are saying, wait a minute. You just can't say your dog's a service dog and come in here. It's got to be official, and the dog's got to be really doing the work.
1: Wow. Okay, because you see a lot of people faking it.
2: Absolutely.
1: There's not really any kind of official certification yet. No, for and,
2: and maybe there should be, because you can go online, and within a half hour, you're going to have all the paraphernalia you, you need to make your dog look absolutely legit. Mm.
1: Which uh, Half
3: an hour only takes five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really fast, Yeah. yeah.
1: And that, of course, will gain you access to restaurants and flights and oh, hotels yeah. with your animal. And, of course... And
2: discounts, all kinds of stuff.
1: While it isn't illegal, it's unethical. And we'll be talking to mm-hmm. a lady who's uh, done a little bit of research on that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's just an amazing show right there. It's packed full. Uh, let's talk to you right now. How about that? Hey, Jim. Hello. Hey, where are you calling from? Uh,
4: Bethel PA.
1: Beth- Bethel PA, listening on W-E-E-U, I imagine. What's going on?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm calling about my poodle. Now, somebody from Hamburg called a couple weeks ago, and he was saying about his dog had a similar problem, but now, uh, my wife, I took him to two vets already, and it gave me stuff to put in, and it doesn't take it away.
1: What's the problem? His
4: ear, his ear is infected. Okay. And they don't, they don't clean them out. Now, every time I went to it, I had ear problems since I've been born, and my doctors always cleaned my ear out and then put stuff in. But yeah. uh, 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 now my wife got stuff on, online, and I've been trying that. Uh, it's uh, like a liquid. And I put okay. it in his ears. And they said within 10 days it should be gone, but it doesn't. It's, he still has it. Okay. And he also itches a lot.
1: I'm not sure what it is.
5: Okay, so with the ears, was it diagnosed as a specific type of infection, or were they just suspecting what it was?
4: No, he just said, they just say it's inf- he has infected ear. He has an infected okay. ear. He had two of them. Now the the liquid took the one that the one that gave took one of it away, and it his one ear good, but mm-hmm. he had it in both ears. But the other one won't go away.
6: Okay. Uh, and then when
4: I was a kid now, I, I had, you know, like I said, I have ear problems all my life. I, I was going to try boric acid. Now, I don't know if that's good for a dog then.
5: Okay. Well, some great topics here, Jim. So ear infections can be chronic or a recurrent problem for many pets. It doesn't have to be in some situations. And and for those situations, often I find that we don't get the most effective treatment. um, So we don't really diagnose specifically what we might have going on in the ear. So for an example, if we have a dog with a resistant bacterial infection, some medications may not be um, efficacious, and we're going to have to try different generation of medicine or even combine an oral medicine along with it. So sometimes we just don't quite get the appropriate treatment for what's going on in the ear. Um, In some cases, it really is that there's something else underlying. And in many cases with many pets that have, especially if they have ear infections accompanied with itching or scratching or chewing on their body, we may be dealing with an underlying allergy, whether it's a food allergy or a seasonal allergy. And that just kind of primes the ears, makes them a little red, sore. The pets start scratching, and then we get a secondary infection that sets up inside those ears. So there could be some different scenarios here for your pet and I'm you know I think we needed a lot more information or even getting a sample from those ears taking a look down in there with a scope would help a lot so those kind of things now you mentioned about cleaning the ears and um The the truth is we we do want to clean a dog's ears to get the most um, helpful treatment. Um, So if we got a bunch of hair, we got a bunch of crudoo in the ear, just putting an ointment in is not going to do us a whole lot of good. The challenge is that a dog's ear canal is very different than a human one. So if you take a Q tip, you can pop it through your eardrum and ring your bell. Um, For a dog. Their ear canal is shaped kind of like an L. So there's a vertical part that goes down, and then once it gets into the base of the skull, it turns and goes horizontally. So it really is shaped like an L. So it's impossible with a pet awake to really fully clean down to those deepest parts of the ear. Sometimes we can work on it and gradually with time we might get some um, good cleaning done at home Um, but in some cases if those ears are really bad um, a pet may warrant an anesthetic ear flush. So again I don't know where your pet fits into things but if there's a bunch of crudu in there and the vet says man I can't see down to the eardrum there's just so much stuff in there an anesthetic flush can actually be one of the best ways to get your pet off on the right foot so that you can most effectively treat at home so that might be an important question to ask your vet now, as far as um, medications, there's oodles of different medicines. So there's ointments, there's liquids, and there's all sorts of uh, different gels that we might apply in the ear, depending on what kind of infection there is. So for me, I like to take a sample, a little swab, look under the microscope. I'm a nerd that way, Um but we call that cytology. And that helps to define what kind of population. of Are there yeast, are there bacteria? Um, what medicine's gonna be our best, um, best arsenal for this? And um, based on that, I will often pick what kind of ear wash or an irrigation solution that we might use. So there's some really good veterinary products that I can recommend based upon what kind of ear infection we have going on. Sometimes we might want something that's a little bit more geared towards a yeast infection, sometimes more towards a bacterial infection, sometimes just a general cleansing agent. So that my preference would be typically is to go with a good, already prepared veterinary um, ear wash. Um, Those are pH balanced. They tend to be the least irritating to the ears and and the best confidence that's going to do what you want to do. But you didn't bring up a question about boric acid and, and, you know, is that something you can use? A lot of the different veterinary ear washes may contain boric acid or acetic acid or malacetic acid. And the whole idea is these are types of, Acids, which are used in the ear to decrease the pH in the ear, and it makes it an unfavorable environment for bacteria and yeast to grow. It also has an antibacterial activity and antifungal activity, so it actually can help, doesn't replace some of these other therapies, but it can help to treat ear infections. So, um, I personally, like I said, I prefer a prepared, um, balanced veterinary earwash, but if I do have someone who says, I just want to make something on my own, Doc, can you tell me what I can do to, to make a homemade earwash? And and there certainly are. Um, so I usually will use um, a preparation of uh, 25% of uh, vinegar, white vinegar, and white I'll use vinegar. that with, yep, okay. so w- one quarter to three quarters of water, and okay. then... I, and then um as far as the the challenge is figuring out the proportion and the volume you're using. So if we're using say like a sixteen ounce bottle that you're mixing up, we can add boric acid. And generally the best way to do is it add in the powder form. And yeah. we add about two teaspoons of boric acid to that. Um so the the goal is we don't really want m- the acetic acid or the boric acid to exceed 2%. So if we do, and I've had some people that say, "Oh, I just take alcohol and I take vinegar and I pour it in my dog's ear." You know, ow. That's going to hurt. Alcohol yeah. burns and a, a high concentration of vinegar or boric acid, you know, that's going to be irritating to a pet's ear. So you don't want to get carried away. was where um a bit's good, a lot is not going to necessarily be better. Um but so that that would be kind of your general homemade type variety of ear wash that uh, you know, can help but um yeah you know, i'm really concerned jim I, I think we could do more for your pet's ears and especially if you're already battling this a couple times over um yeah you know, I, I would say hey you pick up that phone and say you know mr or mrs veterinarian um i don't think we're getting a handle on things can, can we try something different can you tell me what we might need to do to get a better handle on my pet's ear infections
4: yeah well yeah and uh, my wife also read about the boric acid if a dog itches That you can make a solution with the boric acid and wash your dog. What what would that? What would that solution? It doesn't say what the solution, how much boric acid to how much water you use for on it.
5: Well, it'd be the same percentage. We don't want to exceed 2%. And okay. the boric acid, again, for itching purposes, it's going to be treating infection. So, you know, as far as allergies, if we're dealing with those type of things, I'm going to pick a different therapy before I'm going to tell you to put boric acid on your dog. Um, there's a lot of other things. We might use colloidal oatmeal shampoos. We might look at an antihistamine to relieve the itch. And, you know, if a pet has allergies, what we perceive as seasonal allergies, I will tell you there is a fabulous new medication that is out, and my clients are just screaming to the hilltops about how wonderful it is. It's called Apoquel, and it actually helps to stop the itch um, receptors in the body. And it, basically, it's it's just changing the way we treat pets with um, with seasonal allergies. So, like I said, there's a lot of things in the bag of tricks. You just got to work with your veterinarian okay. to find the right ones.
4: Okay, okay, I, I appreciate that. I want to say one other thing. Oh, on Saturday morning, I was listening. And there was a gentleman said he was an inventor, and he talked about that cat going to the bathroom. Oh yeah,
1: the cat throne. You remember that?
4: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, I saw that in back about 1959 on the Art Linkletter show, where a guy had like a plastic hat, uh, like you know, and Ron hats with a with a brim, a flat brim, like the Mexicans wear. And they they you put it underneath the toilet she so put litter in it, and the dog the cat went up there and was using it. And after a while, he took the, the litter uh, the cat away, and then the cat would just go up there and use it. But he I, I can remember the joke he told Art Linkletter. He said, "I can't get the cat to flush the toilet." <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, that,
4: that, uh, <laughs> that was my I worry. That guy, I hope that guy didn't put a, a, a what you call it so on it? You know, market? You no know, uh, what do you call those things where they?
1: Trademark? A
4: put a patent on it Pat- or something. That might kind of might get in trouble.
1: Yeah, who, who knows? There. I just don't want to wait for the bathroom with my cat. I already got to wait with my family. Uh, yeah. So that is all. The-
4: Especially with the girls.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
8: attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home. With DISH for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for DISH and watch every football game you want. With DISH there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with DISH anywhere you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452 Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network.
0: And remember to spay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Thanks for joining
1: us today. How lazy are you? Are you as lazy as me? I'm pretty lazy, but I am definitely not as lazy as Tyler Smith. He's a 23 year old of Greenville, South Carolina. How lazy was, yeah, was he? How
3: lazy is he, How?
1: Well, he lives in a two-story apartment complex, and he was so lazy on a cold, rainy day last week that when his dog wanted to go to the bathroom, uh-huh. he lowered the dog on a, on a uh-huh. rope outside the window <gasps> down to the uh, You're ground floor. Kidding. I would not poop you. And he took pictures of it and posted it on Facebook. <gasps> now he's in trouble because the, the, he actually violated a city animal ordinance. So uh, he'll be going to court for that. What's there.
3: that ordinance? Ordinance?
2: Well, what's that? What's yeah. that
1: law? You know, it yeah, doesn't.
2: I'd like to know. Doesn't say it here. You can't fly your dog yeah. out the window.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's dangerous. <laughs> if you're too damn lazy to get off the couch and take your dog out for a poop, then perhaps you shouldn't have a dog. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Where are you calling from? Uh, well,
4: I'm from South Dakota.
1: What's going on?
4: Well, we got our little girl Joey. She's uh, she'll be seven what years old in a couple of months, and uh, she's a long-haired what gray
5: kind of... okay, domestic a
4: kitty. Okay, and... pardon.
5: Oh, I just wondered what kind of critter she was.
4: <laughs> she's a kitty yeah, cat. Yeah, uh, a long-haired gray domestic. And uh, lately, she's been, you know, fur balls come up once in a while. But lately,
9: she's not chewing her food up. We've got her on a
4: Purina Indoor Formula. An indoor cat and uh she always comes out in good health with all her checkups and everything but she's not chewing it up it's it's shaped like little m&ms and and they'll come out whole you know and mm. we're, okay. we're wondering what what we can feed her switch her to
5: okay that, and is she you said she's been checked out by the veterinarian did they did she go to the vet recently
9: uh yeah for her annual checkup
5: okay because for me when i hear that kitty is kind of vomiting up the food um the first thing is she's eating it but she's just not really chewing it she's just swallowing it as it is right right Okay. So now there are some different shape distinctions cats have, and uh, food manufacturers for dries, you know, they try to figure out the right shape that is most appealing. The truth is that some cats don't really chew all the shapes the same, and some will just really gulp it. And this is why some cats with no teeth can effectively eat dry food, um, because they don't always really spend a lot of time uh, masticating it, if you will. But if your kitty is vomiting, I'd say, you know, this diet may not be a bad diet, but it certainly would be something. I would consider changing. First of all, I guess the, the first thing I always start with with a kitty that's vomiting a food is, you know, it's reasonable to try a diet change, sometimes going towards more of a hypoallergenic variety. Um, rather than just saying I'm going to brand B, C, or D down, you know, the grocery aisle. So with that, you know, I would see your veterinarian, make sure we have a good checkup. We might want to get some basic tests done because in some cases, vomiting is really more than just about diet problems. It can be about something else kind of going on inside. Um, so I wouldn't want to miss something of that magnitude and that importance. Um, so that would be my little commercial to, to to see your vet and have more done than just that physical exam because as good as we are, we can't always tell everything by looking. Um, so we do have to rely on those uh, clues, those tests, if you will. Um, but the the other part of your question is, what can you feed? You know, and there's an actually a whole new thought in cat nutrition that's really going out there. And this is totally different than what we learned, you know, 10, 20 years ago in vet school. I'm not really that old. I'm just saying, people. <laughs> but um, the new mentality with cat nutrition is that we're actually looking at Canned food as a good thing for a couple reasons. Um, we know that uh, it gives cats more opportunity to drink and take in more fluid. Um, and most times, you know, too many of the dry foods are really high in carbohydrates, and we really want a more protein-rich food with a lower carbohydrate content. And that sometimes the canned foods really fit th- fits that really well. And sometimes things like fiber really aren't going to be all that helpful, um, especially if we're having a constipation type problem in some kitties. So while the hairball formula sounds like a great idea, I think I would probably consider even going to a can variety, something that has lower fiber, higher in protein, low in carbohydrates, and gives your kitty a more opportunity to drink and see how that goes. But really, I would, I would definitely, if I had your baby here in front of me, I'd probably poke her with a needle, draw some blood, and maybe shoot an x-ray out of her belly. And make making sure there's nothing really awry that shows up on there and you know it is really interesting the shape is such a big deal and there's a lot of research these dry food companies do on that but i've had uh cats and ferrets even that the size or the shape of the food can be really what sells it to them or what doesn't um so sometimes you know size and shape does matter <laughs> thank oh. you so much for your call mark
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
10: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, I know this sounds crazy, but in the future, you might be searched by wasps at the airport. And I mean those little flying, stinging, bee-like insects. Hard to believe, but wasps can be trained to respond to the smell of explosives and drugs. They're cheaper than a dog to train, which can cost up to $15,000 for six months of training. How would it work? The wasps can be contained in a pipe-like device attached to a computer which would read their reactions to smells. They work for 48 hours, and then they're turned loose to live out the remainder of their life, which is only about two to three weeks. It's only in the beginning stages, but this sting operation looks very promising. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. This is Justin Silver from CBS's Dogs in the City here on Animal Radio. Just reminding you to always
8: stay new to your pets. This is a time-sensitive message from the Back Pain Relief Hotline. Millions of people across the nation are suffering from back pain. Are you? Are you on Medicare? Is it hard to walk, to bend over, or even do simple things? Well, we have great news. If you're on Medicare, you could qualify to receive a pain-relieving back brace. We'll handle all the Medicare paperwork if you qualify and ship your new back brace right to your door. Make sure you have your Medicare card ready and please call Call us right now and get all the details. It only takes a few minutes. Imagine doing everything you used to do before your back pain. With your Medicare card ready, call the Back Pain Relief Hotline today. Call now. 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by the Health Alert Hotline.
5: This is an Animal Radio News
2: Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Guide dog advocates in California say there is a growing problem with people dressing up their pets as fake service dogs so they can take them places where the animals would otherwise not be allowed. A Senate committee recently heard testimony from organizations for the disabled and from business groups who want lawmakers to deal with this. It's actually, it turns out, pretty easy to go online and purchase service dog harnesses, badges, and vests. And there's at least one online company that allows anybody to register any dog as a service animal and get an ID card with a photo for that pet. Well, we all know that vet bills, they can be absolutely enormous. Sometimes cash-strapped pet owners have to make a decision between euthanasia, and trying to pay the bills, sometimes there's just not a lot of choice here, quick check of the Internet might offer a big solution here. Numerous charitable organizations are out there to keep this from happening, and they'll pay for at least a portion of the medical care for people who have limited incomes. Some focus on specific medical conditions, while others work on certain geographical areas. Others offer assistance at certain breeds, and it's certainly worth a look if you and your pet need some help. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You can get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: We were talking about this earlier. Actually, we've been talking about this the last few weeks. Judy and I had the honor of taking a a flight to Denver, and we saw somebody next to us that, well, they said they had a service dog. But I'll tell you, this dog was pretty high maintenance. It was running around. They couldn't even keep it in one place. It was uh, barking. It was, uh, it would, the owner would try to uh, treat it and uh, give it toys to play with. And I'm thinking, you know, if, if that's really a service dog, shouldn't it be a little more well-behaved? Just my thought. Well, there's, a, there's kind of a trend across the country right now. There's no real certification for these dogs, no official certification. Anybody can go online and purchase a badge and a certificate that says their dog's a service dog. And uh, usually it works. But is it ethical? Of course not. If, you're not. if you don't need a service dog, it's not ethical for you to be saying your dog is a service dog just because you want them in a restaurant or playing with you or traveling with you. This trend has uh, caught the attention of a uh, friend of ours, Potopia's Colleen Demling. And Colleen, uh, we welcome you to the airwaves here at Animal Radio. How are you doing?
10: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about how you see this whole thing.
10: You're exactly right. And it's really a shame because what most people don't realize is it's actually a misdemeanor. People can get in trouble. You can go to jail for doing this with your pet dog. Because in order for a dog to be a service dog, they have to have a skill that's been trained. And this is where there's often confusion because someone can say, oh, I'm nervous in public, but when I pet my dog, it makes me feel calm. Uh Well, under the American Disabilities Act, that doesn't count. The dog has to have a specialty skill that's been trained that directly relates to the person's disability.
3: But do they have to be trained by a professional or, who's certif- or is this person a certified
10: person that trains these dogs? No, they don't have to because the American Disabilities Act doesn't want to disenfranchise someone. So if someone's out in the country and either doesn't have the monetary resources or the access to get to a trainer, doesn't mean they can't have a service dog they can train that dog themselves. But as you mentioned with the airline situation, number one is these dogs should have basic obedience. So it definitely sounds like that dog probably wasn't a service dog.
1: Is there any anything in the works to make one centralized certification for service animals so that somebody can go onto a computer and say, okay, this is an official service dog, like we do for driver's licenses?
10: discussions about it and it has been proposed to put some legislation in but the current difficulty with that is again back to a lot of times to get a driver's license you have to go someplace and pass a test and how do we help the people who do have legitimate disabilities with service dogs be able to continue to take their service dogs out even if they can't get to their government facility of some sort to take that test also some dogs only like seizure alert dogs will only do their skill when the person has the episode. And so we definitely don't want someone to have to have a seizure for us to demonstrate that this dog alerts to that seizure. But it has been discussed because it's a big issue. And what can happen, too, as happened with you on the plane, is people get a bad feeling about service dogs. So when there is a legitimate service dog that some person needs to be able to be out in public and to survive, they're being denied access.
1: Because you're taking their space, is what you're saying, right?
10: Well, because they're because the other yeah the other the person with the fake service dog is taking their space, but also because store owners or restaurant owners have had bad experiences with fake service dogs, so they're less likely to allow real service dogs in their facility.
1: Yeah, but it's a, it's a it's a very fragile line that they walk. Should they deny somebody that happens to have it? Well, it's I believe a ten thousand dollar fine from the, the Disabilities Act. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. That's why that they don't crap. like to, to call out people on it. Yeah, they
1: don't want to even question them.
3: Right. Sure. Because they don't want to get in trouble. I saw a, a, a family with a big black lab in Walmart on a long leash, and the dog was running around the aisles and everything. Not <laughs> like, a service and dog. No, they had a service vest on it, and I thought, sure. that's not a service dog. Mm. It
10: is not. He was and getting that's what the shame is, and what these people should really, is it, it really is a misdemeanor. And in some states, it's a federal offense. So it's, it's something to be taken seriously. It's something that is being cracked down on. It's getting a lot of press. You guys have been talking about it. And so it's not just, oh, let me take my dog to a restaurant. You're really breaking a law.
3: But what about all these online retailers that are selling all this stuff? Aren't they going to get into trouble?
10: They should. It's a shame because a lot of people get lured into thinking that it's legitimate because they've gone online, paid $80 for a vest. These companies will even send an ID tag that says it's a service dog, um, and, and send it to people who don't have service dogs. There's no vetting process. It's just a shame. It's, it's people taking advantage of a law that's there to help the disabled. Mm.
1: We try to show both sides, and we actually contacted one of these companies to ask them to come on and talk with us, and they decided not to, to reply or come on the air with us. So I, I think that they already know that there's an issue there. I think there's a way there's a solution. I'm not quite sure uh, how we all get together and, uh, uh, certify this so that the right people are getting in and getting uh, into restaurants and, and hotels. And I think that it's just a matter of some kind of w- like one agency, one, one accountable agency. And I'm not quite sure who that is yet or how we get everybody together on this. But I think it's a problem that we'll probably see oh, yeah. for the next few years, at least.
10: I agree. And I think at least the conversation has started. And that's the first step to solution so that people are talking about it. They're recognizing their problem. And as that happens, People collaborate and, and come up with a solution.
1: I appreciate your time today, Colleen Demling. Uh, check out the website, pawtopia.com. Thanks for hanging with us.
10: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: What do you guys think? one 405 8405 toll free. What about you?
11: Yeah. It's a good thing my dogs are so bad that um, I couldn't pawn them off as service dogs because I'd probably be one of those people that, you know, got it. But um, my dogs are just, just not not good not to be. Not well behaved. Huh? No. Yeah. I plead the fifth. <laughs> what about you, Tammy? Uh,
2: you know, service dogs do such wonderful work. And the people who need them and really have them legitimately, they need them. They're, this is their lifeline to having a normal life. So anything that gets in the way of that, I am saying stop and stop right now.
11: Good words. You know what's what's bad about it is it, it's the um, organizations that are actually making these people think that it's okay to do it i mean oh, yeah. it's 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 a shame it's it's that's that's who um they should go after first is once you stop that and you and you can't get it anywhere else except for a reputable mm-hmm. um place that's either certified or an organization that's actually that's what it's made for well then you're going to stop it exactly. absolutely
2: i, I you know, a couple of months ago i found one it just popped up so i started doing some investigating and i can kind of ran through their application process and then i pulled up short I didn't want to go through with it because I know it's wrong. But boy, oh boy, they've continued to harass me on a weekly basis, saying, Come on, finish it up. Come (laughs) Come on, come on. So they're really pushy.
0: Oh, wow. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan Cable. We got a call on
12: Animal Radio about what to do if your dog jumps on you. That's a common problem. Let's talk about it. First of all, let's review. Your dog learns mostly everything from watching you. Your body language, your behavior. Let's say your dog does something wrong and you're upset about it. A lot of people think, oh, look at him. He knows what he did. He looks guilty. Unless you catch your dog doing something you don't like right then and there and make a correction, or ignore him, he has no idea what you're upset about. He just looks guilty because you're upset and your body language is telling him that. He doesn't understand what you're saying, but he does recognize the tone of your voice is not being happy, and your body language and movements tells him the same thing, so he looks guilty. Again, unless you catch him red-handed, he just knows you're not happy, and that's why he looks like that. He doesn't actually know what he did wrong. Now, dogs jumping on people is a very common thing. Some people don't mind it, and some people don't like it. And that can cause problems and misunderstandings for a dog. It has to be either one way or the other. He can't jump on some people and not on others. They simply don't understand that. It's too complicated. So if you don't want your dog to jump on you, he can't jump on anybody and you're gonna have to tell people, no, 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 I don't want him to jump on you. It's okay, I don't mind. No, 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 no. He's not allowed to jump on people. Some folks will come along and prod the dog to jump on them. Come on, boy. Up, up, up. Well, you've gotta put a stop to that and make sure he understands the rules. First thing to do is pay no attention to your dog for 15 minutes to a half hour when you come home and the same amount of time when you leave. Make it a non-event. This way your dog won't get excited when you come around go. When your dog does jump on you, immediately turn around, show him your back. Don't talk to him, don't look at him, don't pay any attention to him. And do it several times. Just don't give him any attention at all if he jumps on you. And wait for him to either mellow out and sit or walk away. Then tell him, good dog. Now it's going to take time and patience. But your dog's going to learn that jumping up on people is just not okay. He's also going to learn that he gets attention from you when he's mellow and calm and not excited and anxious. So to review, if your dog's jumping on you, it just means he has
8: Try our slow roasted natural meaty bones.
11: We got time for a story here because I got a good story to happen. I, I love, love stories. stories, and and okay. you know what?
1: Just so people know that Judy's jumping up and down, waving her arms. No, we don't have time.
11: I say you have time. Sorry, Judy. <laughs> well, anyway, sorry, Judy. I I seen that, but you know what? This is this is too good of a story to let go. Okay. We had a we we had a customer, Edith Grossman, and I would actually every time I go back to New Jersey, I would groom Choo Choo, her to, um Shih Tzu, Choo Choo, and um, Choo Choo. Well, Choo Choo, passed away, and um, she called me up. Of course, she was heartbroken, um, and she knew I was coming back to New Jersey. Um, and she asked me, "Can I groom the dog?" And the dog was already dead. Um, because they were doing, they were gonna have a viewing. Wow. Now, I never groomed the dog for a viewing before, oh, so wow. I asked. Her, I said, okay, you know, because I I didn't want to ask her too much because she was really upset. But I said, you know, how do I go about this? She goes, well, the veterinary set up all the arrangements, and they're gonna have it in this um pet funeral home. So I called up the veterinarian, and um, I must have been bothering because I called a few times, left some messages, and I told him, you know, who I was. I was calling for Mrs. Grossman. He got on the phone as soon as he heard that, and he was a little bit agitated because he was busy. And I said. She wants me to groom the dog. And he goes, how are you going to groom a dead dog? You can't groom a dead dog. And he goes, I have no time for this. And he got off the phone. So, needless to say, I said, let me call the, um, I'll call the place that actually um did the embalming and all that. So I do that. And he was like, yeah, sure, come on up. So... I don't know if anyone has ever groomed a dead dog before, but you have. But it wasn't—it wasn't real easy. I have to tell you, it was very strange. But she was real happy. The dog looked good, and um, she actually sent me, believe it or not, pictures. Um, it was just—it was just a strange request. I've never groomed a um, a um, dog that had passed away, but it made her happy, and I guess it's, that's what it counts.
3: Seems like it'd be easy because they wouldn't move;
11: they would stay still for you. Well, you know what I was afraid of? I was afraid of breaking something. <laughs> You know, I didn't want a leg to come off of something. And believe it or not, it wasn't real stiff. I guess the embalming gum keeps it a little bit dumb, you know, but it just, it was just the whole thing was strange because, you know, you can't manipulate a dog like you normally would. Remember that
1: guy we had on who does that for a living? He uh, stuffs your Pet. pets, just in case you want to have Fido sticking around forever in your living room. Let's uh head on over to John. Hey, John, how are you doing?
9: Save us. <laughs> I'm good. How's everybody doing? they're doing
1: doing good. Great. What, what kind of animal do you got? You have an iguana or, or flamingo?
9: No, I uh I have uh some tugs. I have three pugs. Tugs. Cool.
1: I've heard of those, yeah.
9: And uh yeah, one of them she's starting to get up there. Uh I think to while well, we found her somebody had uh, just turned her loose to survive on her own and uh, my wife and I rescued her. We've had her for several years now. So we figure she's probably around 11 or 12 years old. And she's, you know, she's slowing down, not moving as quick as what she used to. And now, several years ago, I did have a Rottweiler who are famous for the hip dysplasia. And uh, a vet at the time told me I could uh, give him one or two of the 325 milligram aspirin. And yes, it did seem to help him quite a bit. Now, uh, is there any uh, problem with me, say, giving uh, the small 81 milligram aspirin to my pub?
5: Absolutely. And I'll tell you that the honest truth is that aspirin may be a wonder drug for people, but each and every dose of aspirin that you give to a dog creates microscopic bleeding in the stomach, every single dose. So whether or not you see a problem, you never see a problem vomiting, loss of appetite, or change in the stools, I can guarantee you they've done research and shows that so I do not advocate aspirin for dogs, um, and I certainly haven't in the last 15 years of practice. The reason is there are so many safer medications that are proven um, that can help with um, arthritic pain. So I would say throw the old idea of aspirin out the window for dogs um, because you can definitely can see problems. And the bad thing is that while it can cause some uh, relief of pain, It's effects on thinning the blood can last for a week. So I can tell you that in one situation, I had a pet who was in a lot of pain. The folks had given it aspirin, and I couldn't give him anything else to help that dog um, that could really um, take away that pain for at least a week. So you can really shortchange your pet's comfort um, if we go with aspirin. So I would certainly, you know, there's some good things you can do, um, like glucosamine, uh, fatty acids, omega fatty acids are natural things that can help with arthritis but if your pets kind of get if your puggies getting to that point where we need some more arthritic control, see your veterinarian for a good non-steroidal pain reliever and, and that's honestly the best thing I can advise for you.
9: Okay now I have a separate question okay um, the, on canine and, the, and their blood uh, how, how is their blood related to ours? Is it tight? the same as, as human blood types? is uh say uh say my dog needed a transfusion how would you know where uh, how
5: would mm-hmm.
9: that cut out
5: Okay. Well, good questions. And, and our blood is not compatible with dogs. So <laughs> so a lot of folks have said, can I donate blood for my dog? And no, you can't. Um, but there are different um, blood groups and there's about 12 different blood groups, but there's really in dogs, there's one group that's most uh, significant when we're talking about blood transfusions. So that one group is, you know, really the biggest thing that we'll look at. So we do type in cross match dogs when we need to give them a blood transfusion. Um, so I'd have to say most folks don't have their dog pre um, but it is certainly something that we're aware of if a pet's anemic or has been in an injury. And, uh, you know, we get into something where we need a blood product. Um, and, and, you know, cats, too, you know, they definitely have their blood groups as well. And so they have a couple different blood types as well that we, um, you know, we watch for and we type them if they need a transfusion as well.
9: Yeah, I, uh, I drive a truck for a living and uh, that's just the, the, the question about the blood. is That's something I got to thinking about. Oh, well, I was just staring out the windshield. here.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're a thinker, man. You think some heavy-duty stuff out there on the road. Okay, yeah, so puppy
1: pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studios stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at Mm BrilliantPad.com.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, and now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Coming up this hour, Josh Dumal, actor Josh Dumal will be joining us, the ladies. yeah, All very excited. Of course, this is his second appearance yes, on Animal Radio. So,
3: uh, yeah. I'm going to make him a regular guest.
1: Yeah. Let's I
3: like see. that idea. Yeah. See, that see, Debbie seconds it.
1: Uh, well, I'll tell you, if I was on the other side of the fence, I probably would, too. He's a cute guy, and he loves animals, and I'll tell you, it both of those win-win. together. together. Yep. Also, this hour, we're going to talk to Judy Guth. Who is she? Well, she is my hero because she is an apartment landlord and she only allows people into her apartments that have animals.
12: That's so cool.
1: She discriminates against those without animals, <laughs> let's say it.
12: Yes? Is anybody going to scream at me anymore? Don't scream
1: at me anymore. We're screaming at you. I see you're very upset. That's, I don't, I don't, don't want people screaming at me anymore. We're not going to scream <laughs> I, at you anymore. Nobody's I'm screamed. a delicate flower. I can't
5: Bad, tell you. Alan. Bad, Alan. Down. It's
1: no not more screaming. What's this? Judy just handed me something about this guy who's got a tattoo, who tattooed his, who tattooed his dog? Oh, is that? Really? Who tattooed his dog with a, apparently he did this at the veterinarian's office while he was unconscious. So the veterinarian approved of this. The guy tattooed a heart on the side of the dog's arm that says, Alex and me little arrow through the heart, just like you would have a mom tattoo. And I guess they shave the area so that the people can see the tattoo. What do you think about that, Dr. Debbie?
5: You know what? I I, I don't see the reason to make a mark like that on an animal. Um, the, the problem that I've run into in other stories has been that animals have been awake or just lightly sedated after they've come home from a surgery when people have done at-home tattooing. And it really, I mean, it should be done with them under general anesthesia if you're doing any kind of tattooing.
1: Oh, it turns out, oh okay it turns out that the guy who tattooed mm-hmm. the dog is a veterinarian did you read the bottom of the article interesting oh
5: i didn't know that so are they going to say he's, he's an artiste then
1: we'll have to find out more about that interesting article there hey you want to go to the phones and answer some questions let's do yeah. it okay go on to line two. Oh, i know i know who this is hi Elena, how are you doing Good, how are you? Very good. I know you called me uh, a few minutes ago. You're very upset about something that Alan said last very week. Very upset. She's upset. You, you, last week we were talking about how long a dog's memory is and how smart they are. And I've always thought that really animals are smarter than humans. They can actually speak English, but because they're so smart, opt not to. <laughs> I'm from the camp that they're very smart. Uh, but uh, last week I know that, uh, Alan, you mentioned something about their memory being pretty brief, like a couple of minutes.
12: Well, I don't know what, I don't know what you're referring to. I know dogs have memory, and, uh, they just remember differently than people do. And there's, uh, there's very little research on dog memory, but they remember, they associate. So if, uh, if somebody was cruel to a dog, let's say hit a dog with a broom, every time someone lifted a broom, the dog would remember that event. But as far as like naughty behavior, uh pooping in the house things like that it depends on the dog each dog is different uh you know some dogs aren't going to remember that they pooped in the house and some dogs are and some dogs are just going to associate the poop with you being upset not knowing that they did it every dog is different but yes dogs do have memory yeah. they do remember things but not the they? way dogs don't remember spatially like people do in other words einstein once said hal that if you give hal a pound of bacon an hour's going to seem like a minute but if if you give Hal a pile of spinach, a minute's going to seem like an hour. And see, dogs don't do that. They, just, they don't do that
1: spatial thing. So, Alina, what was your main complaint?
13: Well, my main complaint is this gentleman speaking. This gentleman, Alan, is speaking out of his own opinion. And that's a lot, what a lot of humans do. They write books on their own personal opinion or what their small research has done. As far as I'm concerned, he's speaking out of his because that's not the case. <laughs> Dogs
12: now, are why do we name, let me ask you a question, why why must we name call, okay? Why do we have to name call? I have a good heart, I love dogs, okay, you assume i so just you talk to me like call, I'm your enemy.
13: You, oh no, if I agreed with you, you'd love me. Agree with what? Agree with what that I love that I love dogs? And dogs. You don't have to. You don't lines. have
12: to agree with me. You just have to stop yelling at me. Let's have Alan, an intelligent Alan, conversation. Alan. What I'm
13: saying because I listened to you while you had the floor. You're blog. yelling. Yes. you me. You're yelling
12: at me. You're Al- yelling. Dogs actually we we
13: have what you call uh, an unconscious, uh, unconsciously sensitive. Uh, sensitivity to the future. Like if someone's mm-hmm. coming to your door, pay attention to your pet. Your pet will know that someone's going to be arriving even 15 to 20 to 30 minutes before they get there. They have what you call, a, a, it's like almost like a pre, precognition energy where they can see what's going to happen. If you pay attention, that's an, amu- that's an amazing um, talent for a pet to have. And humans don't use that. The funniest thing is humans love to degrade and say, oh, this one's not as smart as me, or this one doesn't have this and doesn't have that. But in essence, it's the humans that have issues on this planet. They don't, they don't relate. They don't pay attention to your spirit. They're, all, they're programmed to do whatever everybody else is doing. Let's follow along with the trends. Animals, which you're speaking specifically of dogs, they don't. They follow their instincts. So basically, yes, if someone picks a broom up to hit them, their instinct is, oh, my God, this person's going to, this, this owner, or someone's going to hit me and hurt me. Whereas if someone else hits a, uh, picks up a bat for a human, they might say, oh, yeah, you think you're going to hit me with that? And then, boom, they get hit. So the, the intelligence of a human cannot even compare to a dog, cannot compare to most of the species on this planet. But they always like to create this superiority complex of who they are, and they're better than. And I know more than you know, so I'm going to write a book and tell everybody that a dog is less intelligent than I am.
5: Newsflash, I never
12: said
1: that. true. I never said that.
12: You know what? Can I, I, you I know, just chime in? firstly, I, I love people.
1: I love people. No, not yeah. when Alan's talking, you can't say anything. Just oh. let him get no, it no, out of can. the way.
12: Okay. I love that. people.
1: I love dogs. I don't.
12: I. I don't degrade people, and I don't degrade dogs. I have no ego where dog behavior is concerned. My whole goal is to create happiness between a dog and a dog owner. I don't know any more than you. I just know what I've observed with many, many dogs, and I've helped many, many people and their dogs.
13: And did you write uh, a book why on you this, would, Alan?
12: Of course not. I don't write books. Okay. Do I you, help have, people.
13: Did you get paid for doing this somehow?
12: No, I help people for free, actually, because I care about the dog. There's no
13: money exchange in your knowledge.
12: No, there's no money exchange when I help.
13: That I grant you a little applause for. But in essence, you said yesterday they have a two-year-old mentality. That's their mentality. Well, humans are trained, and some of them can't comprehend anything. You tell them their name, how do you spell it? Uh, Yeah, Helen with an A. Oh, how do you spell that? You know how many times I come across human beings and I'm like, are you even trying to evolve as a spirit? So as far as I'm concerned, I get offended by this because I pay very close attention to my dogs, and I'm enamored. By the way, they understand things, because I give them so much love and attention. I treat them like an equal, which most people would never, maybe they would think, oh, that's crazy. Treat them like an equal, and they actually love and respect me. And that's the way human beings should treat other human beings, and then maybe we'd have more happiness on the planet.
5: That's
1: my opinion, Doctor Debbie. You you wanted to mention. Yeah, something. I
5: just wanted to make a point that she she actually raised a point of dogs are far more perceptive when we talk about senses. So when we look at senses, yes, they possess greater sensory ability than we can. Um, that is well known. Um, they can hear things, they can smell things, they can sense energies that we cannot. But is that intelligence in the definition of what we talk about when we talk about humans? It's not the same thing in that it's not a measure of an intelligence. It's a measure of um greater awareness and greater sensory capabilities. But I think that's we're kinda of getting to the definition of what is intelligence and uh, I think that's kind of where these guys are different.
12: You know, there's some really smart dogs. I'm not I'm not any smarter than anybody. I'm not very smart at all. And I'm not superior to a dog. Dogs are just different than we are. Every every animal is different from a dog. Everything is different. So, you know, with a dog, when I say that a dog has a two-year intelligence level, what I mean is, you know, a dog can't do math. A dog doesn't understand science. A dog doesn't fly to another planet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
13: And I think... It doesn't fly to another planet.
12: No, he doesn't create a ship that goes to another planet or uh, build an airliner and things like that. That's all I'm saying. Neither Dogs does the majority are of humans. Well, you know, that's true. But the majority of humans can learn things that a dog just can't. That's not to say they're superior. In other words, like when you know when I'll test a dog and how smart he is, you know what I'll do is the coffee can test is what I call it. All I do is I take a piece of food or a treat and I put it in a coffee can right in front of the dog's face. Now some dogs will forget the food is there almost immediately, like a beagle or a basset hound. They just walk away. They don't even remember or that the food is there cuz they can't see it out of sight out of mind uh, you know, take a lab and you do that and he just takes his paw and knocks the can over and gets the treat you and,
13: do you want to know why do you want to know why the funniest thing is you look at that as an as them being not intelligent and saying oh they forgot it was in the can um, I have a Basset Hound, which is hilarious that you say that. But I'm going to knock it off the course here. When they when they actually do that, they're walking away saying, "What do you think I'm an idiot? If you're going to give me food, give me food. Don't give me food in a can, so I have to pick no. the lid off." And all my question maybe their intelligence goes a little beyond that and says, here, "Are you kidding here's, me? Are here's you kidding my me? This is how you're going to treat me? Like here's, I'm some kind of my question here's my question. Bottom line question I believe, and you might not believe this, and nobody in that radio station might not believe this, but every. Everything that walks around on this planet has a spirit living within it. And that spirit, okay. the only difference between us and them is the body that it en- encompasses. That's what the difference is. And people who judge and don't think positive about this, that's where they're living. They're, they're, they're missing out on life because the, the, most of the creatures, species, other than humans, bring so much love and great feeling to, to, the, to the universe. It's beautiful. And yeah, fair. That's there fair. And say, I... oh, let's judge them and let's make them. Let's make them think that they're. Oh, they're not as smart or they don't get it. Well, maybe it's the owners. Think about the owners and how they're treating the pet. Because oh, my pets right. don't soil you're the right. house. They get everything. Right. They understand everything.
12: You're you're right the owners are usually the problem when it comes to dogs when i see but i don't know what dogs think i, I don't know what your basset hound thinks i have no idea so well, you i don't know, know how what you do. i do because
13: i pay attention i don't know how you do and i'm aware and i'm conscious and that's the thing that people need to start ma- understanding human beings is start to connect more start to stop not judging so much the other species around us and trying to make us feel make them feel that they're inferior to us Maybe make them on the same plane plane as you, and you will enjoy and love your life, and your life will just blossom, because those creatures were created by God. And I'm not going to get religious, but I'm being honest with you. And he put them here to balance out the human mind, because he knew that humans were going to be negative about everything, chastise everything around them. And you better be careful. In the next life, you might be a dog. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog
10: behind.
0: Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
1: We go to Doris. Hi, Doris. Hi. Where are you calling from today?
14: I'm calling from Reading, Pennsylvania.
1: Listening on WEEU. They have a lot of pet lovers out there. No I'll tell you that kidding. right now. How can we help you?
14: Okay, my cat. She scratches and she's losing her fur. It's at the sides of her, at the back of her. And it's about the size of my hand. And I'm trying to figure out why she's losing all this
5: fur. Okay. Is she, you're witnessing her chewing it out, or it's just falling out on its own?
14: When she when she washes, she sort of, like, gets in there and, like, chews, I guess you'd say.
5: Okay. And it's on the sides of her body, or her underbelly, or her back, no, or exactly? No, it's,
14: just, it's just on the side, sides of her, at the back. Okay. Like, where her back uh, legs are and that, and that's okay. where it is. And she keeps, you know, like I said, scratching. And she did have, I guess it was like a, a scab or something, there, at the back, and then that okay. went away. And she had, one on her, she had one on her head. That went away. And then there was one uh-huh. underneath her, too. But that all okay. cleared up. That went away.
5: Okay. And how old is she? She's two. Two years old. And is this just a new thing, or has she been doing this for some time?
14: Oh, I'd say she's been doing this for about maybe about a week now.
5: Okay. So pretty, pretty recently then. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far as with having sores and hair loss kind of in multiple areas of the body, the the challenging thing with kitties is there's a lot of things that cause them to itch. (laughs) And we kind of go through this, what we call a differential list of what can be the most likely thing that could be causing the itch in a particular cat. Um, So in some areas of the country where we have fleas, um, that is even a year round concern that we can still have problems with flea allergy dermatitis. So for me that's always the first thing that I tackle on the list of how do we address itching, um, especially itching cats. So um, using an oral product that does a quick kill for fleas as well as using a topical is is one of the ways that I will start off. In many cases, you know, we can even have problems like microscopic parasites um, or skin mites. And there are a variety of different kinds that cats can have. Um, A trip to your vet would be one of the things that we can help to figure that out where we Mm -hmm. do not just an examination, but we actually take some samples and look under the microscope and look for these little scaly fellas running around. And uh, if so, then uh, some of the different topical medications um, might be useful um, to treat mites. So that's kind of another direction. Uh And I will tell you that cats, when they have allergies or... food allergies, they can have skin sores, itching, and problems all over their body. And and it can really drive them quite crazy. So Mm -hmm. um, we always look at the potential for allergies. And it's a little harder to prove. So we try to eliminate some of these other things like the um, parasite-driven problems before we get to the diagnosis of allergies. But often in a kitty that's itching, I will pull out some different remedies Uh if we suspect it could be allergies. And um, sometimes it will start with just putting an Elizabethan collar on to really see if when we put this cone on your kitty's head, what happens to the skin? If kitty can't get to this area and the hair grows back and it's better, then we know that we have a very strong component of self trauma associated with that. If that hair doesn't grow back on its own, we could have something else systemic that's going on, and meaning that um, there can be internal problems that can cause skin disease, so um, hormone disorders, liver problems, kind of all sorts of gamuts of different things internally. I've even had a cat that had uh, bladder stones that over-groomed itself on its flanks, and it was a way that the cat manifested pain. So... Some of these things, while well, there are some remedies we might talk about, you really just cannot get past a good veterinary consultation to decide what direction we want to go. Mm-hmm. But for allergies in kitties, there's a lot of ways we'll go. Things like steroids, um, prednisone. Um, there's a drug called cyclosporine, which is now FDA-approved for cats in a mm-hmm. liquid formula, and it can be really helpful for cats if we're trying to avoid the the bad side of uh, steroid use and uh, still give them some good relief from the um, the and the scratch that they get with allergies. I don't know. Have you tried anything so far with this kitty or had her to the vet?
14: No, I haven't tried anything. I I was going to see what you had to say and then I'm going to call the vet tomorrow and see what they suggest I do.
5: Yeah, and you know, short of things like Treating for fleas and things like oatmeal baths, that's kind of going to be the limited things that you can do at home without having some veterinary prescriptions or veterinary directions. So yeah. um, I would say that definitely you're, you're going to need to at least get that starting point with uh, the kitty. And have you had any new cats in the home or new pets? Nope, nope, she's the only one. She is. She's the favorite baby then, huh? Yes.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
15: All right, it's Vinnie Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with the Party Animal segment. I know a lot of you out there listening are are pet lovers to like the 10th degree. And uh, I've heard this story a million times before where somehow people wind up having the same hairdo as their pet. And I have seen funny photos on Jay Leno, not that I watch that show regularly or wherever. Um, But I've never seen it live and in person until the other day. I was picking my son up at daycare in a neighborhood Uh, that I don't really go to. And I've I've heard the legend of this woman, and she was out walking her dog. And listen, the hairdo was, it was so identical, it it has to have been done on purpose. She has to be taking a picture of her dog. They even had, like, the same ribbon or whatever in their hair. She has to be going to her salon and saying, could you make me look like this? To which the stylist must say, well, God already took care of the face. <laughs> Are you out there really doing this? Doing your hair like your dog's or doing your dog's hair like yours? This is terrifying. This is a movement that need be stopped. As a matter of fact, why don't you inundate the the animal radio, the general, or Hal Abrams' uh, inbox, as a matter of fact, with photos. Maybe we could start posting the, the ones who have a contest of sorts. And the prize could be therapy. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal on Animal Radio.
1: People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts. No corn or soy. No fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn Canned Food for Cats and Dogs is grain and gluten free.
2: This is an animal radio news update. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. Don't be surprised if the next time your cat gets an injection, it's in the tail. Now, we're all very used to the vet giving our kitties shots in the shoulder area. Recently, though, concerns have come up about treating rare but very potentially deadly injection site sarcomas, cancers. Some vets then shifted the site to the hind legs, since an amputation, if necessary, would be easier and more successful. Well, now, Dr. Julie Levy at the University of Florida is suggesting that a cat's tail might be an even better choice, since dealing with a tumor in the tail would be a whole lot simpler surgery. She did a study, and it showed that cats tolerated the injection well, pretty well. Some dog breeds, you know, have that reputation of being aggressive. But researchers in the U.K. took a closer look recently at the situations under which dogs aggress. They checked with over 4,000 dog owners with a variety of breeds, and they logged reports of negative responses toward family members around strangers in the home and outside of the house. And about 3% reported aggression toward family members in certain circumstances. About 7% toward strangers coming into the house. And about 5% toward strangers off the property. And I also found that dogs from breeders were less aggressive than those gotten from pet shops and rescue groups. But I love the way the lead researcher in the study summed this up. She put a post in her blog and she said, dog aggression has little to do with breed, so test the owner. Okay, this is kind of a brilliant idea. The call has gone out worldwide for knitters to make little pullovers for penguins in rehab. The Penguin Foundation says the little jumpers keep the rescued penguins warm, and it also stops them before they can be properly cleaned from trying to clean toxic oil off their beaks if they've been involved in some kind of an oil spill. The foundation is based at Phillip Island Nature Park in Victoria. That's near Melbourne, Australia. And it also distributes the little jumpers. These are so cute. To other wildlife rescue centers. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You can get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. We welcome him back the second time to Animal Radio airwaves, Josh Dumal. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? It's Dumal. Huh? Dumal. We, we just <laughs> can't Still
12: get, can't it, get right. it right. Duhamel. I knew that. I knew that. What, what did I
6: say? I'm just playing You were, you know, mispronouncing the last. Well, Duhamel. you know what I said
1: last year. Duhamel. Do you remember what I said last year? I said Duhamel. Hey,
6: it's been, it's been, it's been butchered my whole life. So whatever you call me, I'll
1: answer to. Okay. How about just Josh? <laughs> yeah. Hey,
6: that's fine too. <laughs>
1: Well, now, you've been staying busy the last year. You've uh, had some career changes or doing different things, but now you're working on something kind of special for the animals. What's that all about?
6: Well, you know, it was never anything that I set out to do. I never had uh, dogs or cats or anything growing up. I used to catch, uh, you know, turtles and frogs and stuff like that as a kid. I always had a real fascination with animals and nature and ended up getting my degree in biology because of all that, but I didn't. I didn't really set out to do any of this until I got a dog. Uh, I think the second year I was on Las Vegas, I bought a dog named Zoe, which I still have,
7: mm-hmm.
6: and I didn't know at the time anything about rescuing. I didn't know that was it didn't even cross my mind to sure. be honest. And it wasn't it wasn't until right after I, I bought Zoe that uh, a woman named Lori Zerwick, who's my who's the, the UPM on the show, like the the, the line producer. That, what are you doing, you schmuck? There are <laughs> millions of dogs out there that are looking to be rescued, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And so, when it became time to find a little friend for Zoe, we we started looking around for a, a, a rescue dog as, as a, sort of a friend for her, and that's when I first became introduced to, to animal rescue. And Meatloaf was the little guy that we rescued, and he was just really the sweetest little dog you could imagine the best pet and everybody loved him and when he died a couple years ago uh you know i just I posted i think it was on my twitter that you know rest in peace meatloaf he was a rescue and from then it just sort of kind of became uh one of my one of the things that i'm passionate about and the more i learned the more passionate i become and and here we are you know several years later and we just produced a, a little web series called rescue wagon tales from the road uh with with pet smart charities
1: oh that's awesome and you're the executive producer on that
6: yes yes i am i, I was actually doing some work with Petsmart smart charities a couple of years ago in new york uh celebrating their five millionth uh pet adoption and it was then that i learned from a guy named steve Pulowski, who runs the marketing over at Petsmart smart charities that uh you know, he's he sort of giving me a rundown of some of the charities that, are with, that, are, that they're involved with, and this one really caught my eye, the Rescue Wagon Program, because I just thought it was a beautiful story that these dogs who are literally on, you know, the brink of being put down, uh, yeah. which 4 million dogs a year do get put down, uh, they go in, they, re- they scoop them up at some of these shelters that, that can't, they just can't sustain financially all these dogs that are sort of dropped, on them, and so what this this rescue wagon does comes in, picks them up, and takes them to parts of the country where they're looking, where families are looking for rescue animals. Believe it
11: or not, oh, there's, that's great.
6: There's places around the country that have, not necessarily a shortage, but uh, can 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 help uh, sustain more animals, more dogs, and and I just thought it'd be a great idea to sort of tell it from the dog's point of view and sort of uh, explain what this program is. In a, in, a, in a narrative uh, such as this web series,
1: mm. you've enlisted the help of some of our other friends, Kristen Bell and Brett Michaels.
6: Yes, and uh, many others. You know, it's 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 something that Kristen Bell is is very. I know Kristen very well. She's a truly a, a one of the sweetest people I know, uh, and she's a huge uh, animal rescue uh, advocate. And so I just reached out to her and said, "Do you mind giving us?" Uh, your story for the show and she did it immediately and and it's those little stories that I think sort of add more color to the show and and just make it uh, even better than it already was.
1: Mm. And the beauty of this show is you don't have to subscribe to Netflix and you don't have to sign up (laughs) for Spike TV. No. This is all online at Rescue Wagon and that's spelled W-A-G-G-I-N. Right like a
6: wagon tail.
1: Yeah. What is the reaction like so far? Is it uh, have you crashed any servers? Well, from- yeah,
6: I don't. You know, I haven't actually even seen the the results yet. I just know that uh, the people that have seen it are really responding well to it. It's. It's. I'm really proud of it. You know, we, uh, I have a little team of of people that 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 really helped me with this. My 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 producing partners who have done, you know, they they help produce American Idol and they've done Survivor and shows like that. So they understand how to make these kinds of shows and really tell a compelling story and it was uh... It, without them i couldn't have done this because this is one of my first ventures into producing and and this is the kind of stuff that we want to do at my at, at my company is things that actually mean something and and so You know, like I said, I'm very proud of it, and I think that the show just keeps getting better and better. You know, we're still sort of finishing up the last couple episodes, but every time I watch it, it just keeps getting better. And it's exactly what we set out to do is to, you know, show what the program is, uh, advocate, uh, you know, rescuing versus buying uh, from a puppy mill or whatever and just sort of telling the, the tales from, from the dog's point of view, and it's and it's a beautiful thing.
3: That's awesome. Well, I want to congratulate you and Fergie on your new addition, your two-legged addition to your family. Yes. And how does your dog get along with the baby?
6: Oh, it's really funny how they, just, <laughs> at first, Zoe really didn't want much to do with him because she just saw him as sort of running interference on her time. Sure. <laughs> but now she, she she sees him as a potential playmate and ball thrower more specifically, and it's funny how she sort of has taken on kind of a protective role. You know, if he's laying there rolling around on his little spot, she kind of just sits there and 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 watches him, um, patiently waiting for the day that she can, you know, enlist him as her her ball thrower because she will do it all day if she can get him to do it. <laughs> That's mm.
12: awesome, Josh. Before you go, I just wanted to say you're going to think I'm a goon. But I swear to God, at least once a year, me and my wife sit down and watch Win a Day" with Tad Hamilton, one of the best movies ever that not enough people have seen, and your facial expressions are incredible. Oh,
6: thank you. I appreciate You know, that was the first movie I ever did. Wow. For was, was, uh,
1: game. It's just downhill from there, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
3: Until you came on Animal
6: Radio. Yeah, now is, you're going up.
1: This should be the pinnacle right yeah. here, Josh. That's right. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for hanging with us again. We're gonna have to do it more often.
6: Hey, I appreciate you guys taking the time. It's, it's a great story, and I think that it's uh, I think it's gonna do a lot of good for Animal Rescue.
1: So you're thank doing you great very work. Much. Doing awesome work. Check it out. We'll put links over at the AnimalRadio.com website. There you go, Josh Dumel. Uh, Joining
0: us, hold on a second, Josh. There you are listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Um, Yeah, hold on a
10: second. I'm just going to pull over so you don't hear the buzzing in the thing. Have you been driving? Yeah, yeah. We're in Vermont. I could lose you at any moment. But what is it you want me to say?
1: Wendy Malick, Animal Radio, spay and neuter. So uh, hi, this is Wendy Malick. Okay, okay, I got it. Okay.
10: Hi, this is Wendy Malick on the Animal Network, and don't forget to spay and neuter. Animal Radio. Oh, sorry. Hi, this is Wendy Malick on Animal
14: Radio. And do not forget, spay and neuter.
8: If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584 877-247-1584 877 247 1584.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy.
1: I am so proud to have this next lady on the phone because she is a pioneer. She is a landlord, and one of the mandatory things that she has when you want to get an apartment at her complex is you got to have a pet.
3: You got to have a pet.
1: Uh, you heard me right. You may be going around looking for an apartment right now, and they say no pets allowed, no dogs allowed. Is what they say. Yes. But not here. I welcome to the airwaves Judy Guth, and she's uh, out of I believe Hollywood. Hi, Judy. How are you doing?
16: Hello. I am Judy Good, and I am a landlord, and I rent only, only for people because I discriminate uh, pet owners.
1: You only rent to pet owners because yes. you discriminate.
7: Yes. Can I, can I? Yeah, yes.
16: we
3: love discrimination Woo. of this kind.
7: I love
1: that. Yes,
16: you know Whoa. I am doing it for the last fifty years. Really, my units are now twelve in North Hollywood, and only pet owners are welcome. I always check out the pets first. They have to be friendly and uh, adopt for the uh, orders. And uh, they are welcome with any size with me.
1: What if someone comes to you and they say, I'd love to live at this complex, but I don't have a pet?
16: I say I am sorry it's no vacancy for you
1: Oh, no vacancy for no <laughs> and vacancy can, she do that? can you
12: can you can you actually do that to, to, have you had like lawyers show up yet at your door is Gloria all read right outside your window right now
16: I don't care It has to be a pet owner you know I still see it in the newspapers small pets no pets cat maybe yeah sm- and I don't like it they are the one who discriminate in the rental housing against pet owners.
1: Ah, here, here! I, I love that. Now, let's say somebody moves in. They get a new carpet. Is that correct?
16: Yes. The new uh, prospective tenant, we prepared the apartment perfectly clean, and I put in new paddings and new carpets, but the tenant mm-hmm. have to buy the carpet. No cats and no dogs have accident on this carpet. The tenant takes care of it. I don't have to. Which is part of the good business.
1: Sure. And they can take the carpet when they go, right?
16: <laughs> they can. Sure. If they don't, under the pet or the sofa. When I was younger, now I am 84, you know. Wow. I cut off the carpet piece and I take it to the animal shelter.
3: Oh wow! Oh, yeah, I love that. Now oh, I- I'm assuming idea. this is a you know a hard place for people to find you know f- place for their animals, So I'm assuming the people stay for quite a while. But what if they stay quite a few years and their animal passes away during that time? Oh
1: yeah, what if their animal dies? Yeah, yeah. Well,
16: then I go with the, I leave the pet owners to have mourning time for their pets, uh-huh. about a half a year, and after that I taking them out for a lunch or dinner. And next day to go out together and choose the next pet. And usually I get home with the
1: other one, too. <laughs> so you, you actually take them shopping for another pet, uh, to go adopt another pet. Yes. I love wow. them. they have
3: I... to move. Now, now, how many pets do you have?
16: I am 84 now. I have walking difficulty because I am diabetic and it is coming out on my legs. Uh-huh. Now I have a small dog, which name is I Love Shushi. <laughs>
14: I love sushi. Yes.
12: Yeah,
16: my neighbors do not know my real name. They just call me sushi too.
12: <laughs> so, so do you have like a, a a real long waiting list to get in your apartment complex? And no, how many apartments do you, I ha-
16: do you? I am very lucky. I have fortunate to have first of all Mr. Dennis McCarthy from the Daily News recognized what I am doing ten years ago, and he called again. And I have a manager. His name is Jerry. She's who is taken care of because he loves pets, too, and he has run, too, uh, for the apartment house. And this is how we go. In my house, the rent is available, and I do not take pet deposit.
12: Wow. How many, how many apartments do you have in your apartment complex?
16: It is 12 units.
12: 12 units. 12 units. How
3: long it's do people
16: one stay? One bedroom with balconies, the four bedrooms. It's 12 units altogether. I have tenants there for 24 years. Wow. I have now a 20-year tenant and an 18-year wow. year tenancy with a lovely young lady who has now changed the apartment from one bedroom to the two bedroom a couple of years ago and has three dogs. My accent, by the way, is Hungarian.
1: I love your accent. Oh, i got to tell you, you right now that I am in love with you.
16: <laughs> oh, thank you. You
12: know, she you need a reality show on, you know, Animal Planet or Discover Channel or something. I mean, it would be so much fun to watch you and, and your tenants. It would be a blast. i old woman, you know. <laughs>
16: but all my life, I had good parents, and I didn't have brother, sister, and relatives, and it was only pets in my life. I have cats and birds and dogs. And I had a rabbit rescued once. But wow. during the Second World War, <clears throat> somebody steal our rabbit and eat it. <gasps> no, oh, I was, was sick for years. For, I still remember, you know, and I was about 14 year old that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How, how do we get other landlords to do what you're doing?
16: I, a I am a member of the Apartment Owners Association, and they go approximately tw- twice a year for lecture tours. You can hear in the background, my little dog. Uh Um, And I teach people how to prepare the apartments for pet owners and uh, how to rent the apartment, how to check out the pet. Until now, people were smiling at me or get up from the chair and leave the room. But now, lately, as we have more vacancy, preparing for the next century (laughs) and... uh, More people ranting for small pets or no pets or cat maybe or bird maybe or fish maybe.
1: <laughs> you are so awesome, and I thank you for taking time. I know you've been getting a lot of interview requests.
16: Yes. Every week we get a call, do you have a vacancy, and be sorry to turn away people. I
1: thank you so much for spending time with us today and telling us about this. I hope there's other landlords listening, get, yeah. getting the idea. No I hope, kidding. Because
16: it's a good business.
1: There goes my hero of the day. She's my hero. Mine too. Yeah. Wow. Let's dedicate the show to Judy Gooth. It's over. But if you want more, you can head on over to the website at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll see you next week.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: This is Animal Radio Network.